Hi, and welcome to my podcast, On The Grow. I'm Grace Lee. This is the fifth episode into the series called Red Flag Series. If you're new here, I launch my podcast episodes in different seasons that focus on a certain topic. For this season, I was inspired by the daily devotional plan I'm currently reading on Red Flags. It got me thinking about the red flags we experience on a daily basis. Whether it's through friendships, relationships, career, or yourself, red flags are there to give us warnings. The previous episode was all about the red flags in ourselves. I shared five flags, self-deprecation, dependency, self-work, self-centeredness, commitment issues, and how to spot them and more. In today's episode, I'm talking about the red flags a social media marketer spots, or should spot, in clients and potential clients. If you're looking to get into this space, or currently in this space, you might already know the signs or have already seen the signs. When you're in the early stages of your business, it's easy to look past the red flags at first. You're in the mindset of starting it up, getting it to work, and also hustling because you're all in. But as your business grows and you're finally learning bits and pieces of how you want to run your business and reminding yourself of the values you stand for, the red flags start to become clearer, more visible, I'll say. Before I get into this episode, I wanted to do a life recap first, something that I enjoy doing at the beginning of each episode. So what's new with me? Well, I'm in that zone right now where Things just seem to all blend into one. Every week has its new challenges and tasks, but from an overall perspective, things seem to be moving at a steady pace. And speaking of pace, I ran a 15k race two weekends ago and have noticed improvement in my pacing. So just to give you some context, I train with a group called New York Roadrunners. They're the ones that officiate the TCS New York City Marathon, and I train with them every Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6.30 in the morning. Now, keep in mind that because we are in December, it's about 30 degrees that early in the morning, and that's something I'm trying to adjust to, and it only gets colder from here. So, I really do think these training runs have helped significantly. Each week, I'll rotate from interval speed runs and tempo runs, and then a long-distance run on the weekends. And the challenge I'm facing is being able to run in the colder temperatures. Breathing is a little harder, especially when you're pushing yourself to run faster. And just letting you know where I'm at in terms of running for the new year, I have four races lined up. January, February, March, and April. And then my first marathon happening in the fall, which I will explain more coming soon. I actually have an idea of a future podcast episode or a future podcast season that I actually want to talk about with running. So I don't want to share too much of the stuff that I'm doing with that. So that's my little update on my running. Anyway, Switching subjects here because there's something I've been thinking about this past week that I wanted to share. So there's this guy I went on a date with three months ago, and the conversation 
didn't really have an ending. It just kind of ended. I guess I'm sharing the situation with him on my podcast because I'm almost positive he won't be listening to this. <laughs> but he randomly reached out to me recently in a way like he was picking up where the conversation left off. And I thought that was kind of odd. Three months went by and I told him I was obviously in a different place than when I met him. And it's true. I'm happier. You know that quote that goes, you glow differently when you're actually happy? That's how I feel. And it's never been a person who makes me feel this way. And you know, the older I get, the more I realize is that the way a person makes you feel is temporary. It's not permanent. And to put all your happiness into a person has just been something I've never considered a smart decision. I found that the further I am from people, the more I am in tune with God. I can hear him clearer. And it sounds weird, but that's when I'm truly happiest. I don't have distractions getting in my way of what I truly want. And as I spend most of my time in my own head, I've realized it has always been my career that puts a smile on my face. How well my clients are taking the content I send them, how well I've structured my business, and how well I'm staying organized, or at least trying to be. And at the end of the weekend on Sunday nights, I post this Week in My Life recap reels that I've started kind of a few months ago, really, and I enjoy doing it, so I've been doing it every Sundays. And one, I get super excited creating it. That's the fun part. Figuring out the song, the order of how you want to share your past week highlights, and then figuring out how you want to piece it all together. That's one. And two, it's a great way for me to recap for myself. I watch it and it puts a smile on my face every time because it builds me up for a brand new week. It's like I'm closing the chapter on this week and opening the next one. And I think it should always be like that. Celebrating the wins, no matter what, how big or small. At the end of each week, I also evaluate my client's work. I'll go through the past videos or posts I've created and shared and analyze what's done well, what hasn't, and where I can improve as a social media strategist. I mean, that's how we grow. We grow by analyzing our work and then learning from it. But before I sidetracked and went to a whole spiel on my weekly recaps on Instagram, I was talking about what truly puts a smile on my face. The point I'm making is that we sometimes think that we have to follow some sort of outline for life. We start New Year's resolutions beginning of January. We celebrate certain holidays in particular months. We should be married before our 30s. We should have our first kid before 40s. And if we don't reach these deadlines, we're not living life the right way. Standards rule a lot of society's thinking. But why don't we normalize setting our own timelines? I see way too many people living by societal deadlines and then they end up getting a divorce or ending a relationship. And 
if a relationship is truly important, or if you truly care for this person, why wouldn't you take the time to really seek it out? Why not give it the time it deserves to explore it, challenge it, question it? For the new year, I really do hope to meet and surround myself with these types of people who share the same mindset as I do. And that's where I'll end that topic there. On another note, this is <laughs> becoming some sort of a mind dump where I'm just like spewing out what's on my mind, really. And I know I haven't had a podcast episode in like three weeks. So, of course, I'm just like spitting everything out. There's this Colombian TV show I've been watching on Netflix called Queen of Flow. And just to give you some background here, I don't really watch that much Netflix anymore because I get so caught up with work. And and then when it's the weekend, I want to either get some sleep or I'm running errands, running, that sort of stuff. Anyway, there's this show called Queen of Flow I started. I believe it was months ago that I never got to finish because the first season is like 80 plus episodes. <laughs> How crazy is that? I'm pretty sure I kind of lost interest halfway there, it being 80 plus episodes and all. But let me give you some background on what the show's about. The story is about a talented songwriter named Jamie, and after spending 17 years wrongly imprisoned, she seeks justice against the men who caused her downfall and killed her family. It's very tragic what she went through. And I promise I won't give you any spoilers in case anyone here is now interested in watching it on Netflix, which I highly recommend. It really does get better towards the end. I'm almost done with season one. But my point is, now I do spend my weekends trying to soak up as much of the episodes as I possibly can because the plot is getting so juicy and I love it. I just really love the strong woman energy that this main character projects. Everything she's been through, and how she fell for a liar, traitor, and all-around jerk, and he framed her for something she didn't do. Every time I finish an episode, I'm just in awe and taken back by just how strong this talented songwriter is, and how she's doing everything in her power for justice. All in all, it's a really touching and powerful show, and it's on Netflix, in case anyone wants to watch. The reggaeton is also pretty catchy. Anyway, let's get into this episode. I have a lot to unpack, so let's start with these red flags in social media. I bet you're already aware of the first one. Red flag number one. I just want to reach X amount of followers. How fast can you get me there? Now, if that's all a client wants for their social media growth, that is a flag and a no. <laughs> Clients who only focus on vanity metrics. Let's just be clear here. Having 100k followers, or a million followers, or a freaking blue check, don't ask me how many times I've heard this one, doesn't make you more successful or important than any other business or person. But also keep in mind that this is a great opportunity to educate them. These people are reaching out to you because they are just unaware of what it means to track, quote, growth. When I started my first corporate job, 
working in social media a few years ago, I was always on edge. At this time, I was slowly getting to a healthier place of not focusing on the vanity metrics with my own personal Instagram, but applying that to my full-time job social media platforms was something else. It was a lot of pressure, all eyes on you kind of thing. Think about it. When you want to go to a restaurant you've never been before, you check Yelp for reviews, but then you also check their Instagram page to see what the restaurant looks like, or what's on the menu. The first glances on the page tells you a lot about the business. It can immediately draw in a customer, or have them exiting the app so fast, like... That's why it's so important to build that presence on your social media. Now it sounds like I'm pitching you guys. But it's true. <laughs> to have everything a customer needs to know, wants to know, and then educate or entertain based on what your business is. With all that in mind, I was always on edge because I knew that my boss would look at the following count and then dismiss my hard work because the numbers weren't shooting up. A lot of these times, these people just do not understand how growth works. And I know that a lot of social media managers are probably in this position, fresh to being a part of the team or not fresh to being on a part of the team. I don't know why I mentioned that. But they probably feel this enormous amount of pressure and people just aren't aware because people think social media, social media managers are these like magicians where they'll just like wave their wand and you'll have 100k the next week or the next day, which is crazy to put that much pressure on someone and to think that someone can just transform you overnight. No, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. I wish people would see it that way. I mean, it's exactly like, think about it, it's, it's exactly like weighing yourself on a scale while you're on a diet. Let's say that you get on the scale after eating clean and exercising daily for a week, and you're feeling disappointed because the number is higher from your starting number the previous week. Well, that's because you're only focused on the numbers of your body weight. You're not taking into account that you probably gained more muscle and lost more body fat because muscle weighs more than fat. Same thing applies. When you only focus on vanity metrics, such as following counts and likes on a post or views, you're cutting off your opportunity to really grow. You're dismissing the idea that growth can come from your engagement rate, the double or triple amount of comments from followers interacting with you, your impressions skyrocketing. These other growth tools that are more sustainable for the long run. Growth comes in many forms. I don't promise clients that I'll grow their following to an X number, but I do assure that I will help build a community and help with engagement. It's better to focus on long-term sustainable goals rather than temporary ones. If there's anything I've learned from my dark years of disordered eating, it's that the numbers are never good enough. Once you hit a goal weight, you'll want to reach the next one, and the next one, and you lose sight of gratitude and the progress it took to reach those numbers because you're so fixated on shrinking and shrinking. The number you once dreamed of reaching doesn't even affect you anymore. 
And just knowing that our mentality with numbers isn't a healthy one, nor is it a sustainable one, shifting the focus on building an engaging community benefits you for the long run. Ask yourself, is this client someone who can be educated, or will you be forever fighting a pointless uphill battle? Red flag number two. Can you create this for me real quick and then post it? (laughs) You can't see me right now, but I'm face palming because the amount of times I've heard this line is actually ridiculous. When your job is based upon strategy, there is no create this for me real quick and post it. That's like me telling you as a graphic designer to just design a brand logo for me real quick and then have it post ready right away. Do you know how much stress and anxiety that gives us social media strategists and managers? Most of us already have a lot of other clients on our roster, and to just cut off one of them to create something for someone else during that work time is tough. Now, I do want to be clear, there will always be situations where something like that could happen, and you do have to be timely and flexible. Let's say it's a Black Friday post for a business, or a huge promotion sale that needs to go out ASAP. I do keep in mind not to 100% fully rely on technology, so I give myself some mental capacity to deal with any issues that could possibly happen. And again, I do recommend planning ahead for these sales. You know Black Friday is coming, and you do know Black Friday does fall in the month of November, so you can always plan accordingly with your client and not stress yourselves out by, again, having that strategy implemented. So I used to be someone who wanted to be there for everyone, but being there for everyone is not possible if you're not able to be there for yourself. And that's exactly what I sacrificed in order to show up for others And that took a really big toll on me. So to save you from that deep, dark fall, I really do recommend you have check-ins for yourself, just like you do for your clients. Are you saying yes to clients to an extent where you're saying no to yourself? Are you taking on that last-minute project for a client when you're on the verge of a mental breakdown? These are questions I wish I had asked myself before I had my wake-up call. This is so, so important, and I cannot stress this enough. Set your boundaries with your client before working together. Lay out how you're going to communicate, when and how in the contract. In case any issues arise where a client is wanting a post last minute, it's disrespectful and not right if a client is crossing your boundaries when it's been communicated on both ends. Red flag number three. I've read or seen an Instagram or TikTok that X, Y, and Z works. Why aren't we doing that? This question is a flag. If it's asked once, okay. Look, you explain to them that you are the one who is familiar with this client's audience, demographics, messaging, target audience, all of this prior to working together. You've created a strategy and growth takes time. Not everything is a rapid viral post where you'll shoot up to 500k overnight. For those who do go viral like that, I hope they are able to find a strategist for the long haul because 
Virality is short-lived. You just have to know the direction to take after going viral. But when a client is constantly making suggestions or criticizing why you're doing this or that, even after you've explained to them and helped them understand what it is you're doing and offered transparency every step of the way, you need to rethink whether this client is someone you want to proceed with for the long run. If your client is looking at other experts and social media managers who are doing things another way and complaining that they need to do that also, let them go chase those experts then. Why are they still with you? Clearly, they don't value you or your time if they're just focused on what other people are are doing to grow. They clearly don't respect your advice or suggestions. If they constantly want to pick and choose what they want to listen to when it comes to social media strategy, then their work will also be a reflection of that. It won't be as concentrated, and it will be all over the place, which will stump their growth. That's all I'll say there. Red flag number four. I know how to run my business on social media. I just don't have the time to do it. This sounds awfully familiar to a situation I ran into at the last job I quit. I was constantly wondering why I was even hired for a job when the people running the business didn't trust me to do my job. Have you ever had a meeting with someone who asks for your suggestions and then when you speak, they talk over you, dismiss you, and think they know better, even though you're the expert? Well, that's certainly multiple red flags. If someone isn't ready to listen to you during these initial meetings, especially a discovery call even, chances are they won't listen to you in the future. Do you know how many times my previous management made me feel like I was worthless and unworthy of doing my job? Many times. And when someone makes you feel that way, you have to ask yourself, Do you really want to put yourself through that? What these people don't realize is that every social media platform is basically a full-time job. Corporate companies hire just one person for TikTok, one person for Instagram. And for someone who is looking for a social media manager or coordinator to go, I just don't have the time to do it, is approaching the situation in a negative way. They're reaching out to you because they need someone to manage the account. They need someone to help with the social media strategy and the content creation. Yes, they don't have the time to do it because social media management itself is a full-time job. If they really know how to run the business, then let them do it. Just be prepared that they'll be back to get your expertise again. Red flag number five. We have a limited budget, so we'll pay you when you've achieved a specific set of results. This is a big no-no. That's like paying a construction worker after two years when they've completed building a bridge and saying, we'll pay you when you're done. It doesn't make sense. You need to pay the construction worker for his or her work and labor. The bridge will take years to finish. Same thing for social media. Just because people use social media as a form of entertainment and for fun does not mean it shouldn't be taken seriously. Posting, scheduling, writing copy, researching the right hashtags, all of that takes time. 
It's a legitimate business and it's growing day by day. And if someone is dismissing your hard work by saying they will not pay you until you've grown their following, it's time you ask yourself if they can be educated or if you're just wasting your breath on someone who refuses to listen. This is your business and you get to run it your way. I just want to put out there that running my own social media strategy business has not been an easy one. It's been challenging from day one, like any other business, and I'm constantly learning and growing from the mistakes I've made and the lessons that are helping me progress. There are still many red flags out there that we shouldn't overlook, no matter how big or small. These are just a few that I've noticed have crept up numerous times in the year that I started this full-time, and I'm trying to figure out the best way to go about them. I know for a fact that moving forward, I only want to work with clients whose products, services, and messaging align with my values. I want clients who inspire me because when I'm creating their content, I want to really be a part of the experience with them. That's where the magic happens. And if I'm not able to relate to it or feel passionate about their messaging too, it's reflective in the content. Are there red flags in your business you're currently dealing with? How have you spotted these flags? I'd love to hear from you and your working environment. So please email me or send me a DM. I'd be happy to hear from you. Be sure to follow along and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. That is a wrap on the Red Flag series. I hope you enjoyed this season. Stay tuned and keep listening to the next season where I cover another topic of discussion, Life Hack series. This series was also inspired by another devotional plan that I came across. Adulthood is not easy. Let's be real here. We have to navigate so many challenges to get from one point to the next. Whether it's taking responsibility, choosing the right company, or forgiving others, I'll be discussing life hacks to get you through these moments in our lives. And as always, if you have any questions, feedback, or topic suggestions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Thanks for tuning in!